Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Cool fact a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage for you. Learn more at uh1.com. Welcome to the Insomnia Project. Sit back, relax, and listen as we have a conversation about the mundane. One thing we can promise you is that our conversation will be less than fascinating so that you can feel free to listen and sleep. Thank you for joining us. I'm your host, Marco Timpano. And I'm your co-host, Nidhi Khanna. Marco, we've sat in a number of rooms lately that have had pretty eclectic wallpaper. Yes. What are your thoughts on wallpaper? Is it something that you gravitate towards or do you prefer just a painted room? Well, it's interesting that you should mention a wallpaper because there's that expression watching wallpaper paste dry or is it watching paint dry? I believe it's watching paint dry. Okay, so for me, I prefer a painted wall to a wallpapered wall. That said, there's some pretty outstanding looking wallpaper. Some wallpaper that makes you feel like it's marble or whatever sort of aesthetic it's trying to be. Um... I know that we wallpapered a wall in our house and there's a lot that goes behind or that goes into wallpapering a wall. Tell me about that. How do you wallpaper a wall? Have you ever wallpapered? I have not. I used to have wallpaper in my childhood home. Mm -hmm. However, since then, I haven't really been in a place that has wallpaper. It's usually painted walls. Right. Uh, so please do tell well, me Well, I how. can tell you that, you know, there's a lot of different tools one would use when they wallpaper and um, different types of wallpaper require different sort of techniques. So if you go to your local, say, hardware store or paint store and purchase an easy to do wallpaper, you the adhesive will be right on the back of the wallpaper you would then put it into a tray of warm water uh, or lukewarm water and uh, the glue would activate and there's a bunch of different tools one could use when you're putting the wallpaper on the wall so there's kind of like uh, rollers and uh, sponges that allow you to sort of um, sponge out all the moisture from the wallpaper and then there's a tool that sort of looks like a squeegee that allows you to get all the air bubbles out of the wallpaper because have you ever seen wallpaper that wasn't done correctly that has air pockets in it 
I, I have noticed that before. Yes, I remember my cousin tried to wallpaper her bedroom when she was younger, and um, it ended up exactly how you just described right. it, with a bunch of sort of air bubbles sticking out from the wallpaper. So it can be very tricky especially when you're doing corners or you're trying to do an area that has like a cutout in it um so for example around a window or if there's a sort of a feature in the room that you're uh, working on that you want to wallpaper around or incorporate into uh, the room that you're wallpapering so it can be quite tricky and uh, i know that Getting those air bubbles out of the wallpaper is one of the hardest aspects of wallpapering. Now, the other part that becomes difficult is some wallpapers will have certain patterns. And so from one leaf of the wallpaper, you've got to match up the continuous... If there's like a striation or let's say there's a a snowflake that you're trying to match up or a branch of a tree that continues. You've got to line them up perfectly because if you're off even just a little bit, your eye, when you walk in that room, will catch that imperfection or that non-lining up of the wallpaper. Of course. It's sort of... uh, It it is an art in, in a way. Oh, without a doubt. And the other thing about wallpaper is that wallpaper can be dated so right i found that um when i was looking at apartments recently right to live in some of the um apartments had wallpaper mm-hmm. and you can tell right away what era the wallpaper sort of comes from and you're absolutely right wallpaper from the 80s for example sure. can really make a beautiful space seem very dated right. now um, because it's so different from the wallpaper patterns that we would put up today. Well, you know, what's interesting. My grandmother had wallpaper in her house from the sixties and oh, wow. it had like a velvety texture to it. So there was like little designs in it that were raised. And when you touch them, they felt soft, like velvet. That actually sounds very luscious. You know, it's interesting because now it would be quite in or on vogue because it's something so unique and uh, interesting or retrospective. Marco, at the top of the show um, a few shows ago, Mm -hmm. our listeners will remember that we talked quite extensively about the official cookie for the city of Calgary. and Not the city of Calgary, excuse me. For Red Deer. Yes, of Red Deer, and um, we then said we were going to try... The Caramel Surprise. The Caramel Surprise. Is the name of that cookie. You got it. Um, we then said that we were going to contact our mayor in the city of Toronto. That's right. John Tory, and ask him about perhaps uh, developing a city of Toronto official cookie. Do you want to update our um, listeners about of the course. progress we've made about that? So we've had a couple of people contact us, or we've had a couple of our listeners ask what's going on with regards to the official cookie of Toronto. As you can imagine, when you're trying to do something 
like this. It's a process and it doesn't happen overnight, but we were happy because the email that we sent to our mayor's office did in fact receive a response and it looks like they were inquiring with regards to this and that they want to set something up perhaps to see what the public thinks about an official cookie for the city of Toronto where we broadcast from. And uh, so as it stands, the wheels are in motion. Of course, we'll keep our listeners updated with regards to that. Um, it looks quite promising. It does. It's exciting. It's almost a little too exciting even mm-hmm. for the Insomnia Project. Sure. But we'll see what happens. We'll keep our listeners uh, informed. And, and as we said previously, if you have any idea for a cookie that you would like to see represent this city of ours, uh, drop us a line. Uh, you can go to our Twitter and, or t- you can tweet us at Listen and Sleep. Marco, when was the last time you were on a train? Well, it's funny you should say that because this past weekend, I actually took the train to go to London, Ontario. Right. And I was there for about four days for work because I decided to take the train so that I could free up the car for use by my wife and I said I'll just take the train to London and I hadn't been on a train in quite some time and I realized how much I enjoyed traveling by train. Ah, what what part of the journey when you're on a train do you enjoy the most? You know, it's interesting. The thing that I liked about or the thing that, that I do appreciate about train travel is that it's forced time for yourself whereas if I was driving those two hours plus that I would be in a car driving and, you know, keeping keeping aware of what's around me and uh, what uh, lies ahead, I was able to use for whatever I wanted to on the train. So I was able to read, uh, surf the internet because I had, uh, there's Wi-Fi on the train. Of course. It was a real pleasurable experience and the seats were quite comfortable and roomy, unlike a lot of plane travel and uh it was nice seeing all the little towns that we were passing as well i quite enjoy train travel Mm -hmm. um as well and similarly to you i find it's one of the few times that you can really zone out because you're not worried about where's your passport Mm -hmm. did you are you going to be able to get your luggage out of the carousel when you arrive, et cetera, et cetera. It's really a different experience, particularly when you're going um, those shorter distances, like from Toronto to London, Ontario. Um, I once traveled first class to Montreal on Via Rail. Oh, wonderful. And it was outstanding. It was one of the most civilized things I have done in a long while. It actually felt like plane travel from many years ago in that like you said you just got on quick all your stuff was there they served you food and water it was really large you the time just went by so quickly and um, you know it was just so wonderful you saw you saw out the large windows there was plenty of room to walk around there was a dining cart so you really got to explore the train and uh, 
um, and the view is quite nice as well mm-hmm. because um, when you're driving from Toronto to Montreal, it's not that scenic of a route right. as compared to some well, other you're, places. You're on the highway, so exactly. However, when you're on the train, you do get a glimpse of uh, the of of, of the lake. So mm-hmm. it's um, it's quite a different experience. It's it's a nice relaxing experience really sure um a lot of the uh, seats will fold out completely so you could actually lie on the train do they as well really do that? yeah some of them yeah i it didn't seem like and then we said let's see how far back these seats recline and they reclined quite a bit that you could actually comfortably fall asleep or just rest and Oh, the, I didn't know yeah, that. Yeah, it was really quite wonderful. I have to say that, uh, you know what would be really neat? As if we broadcasted one of our podcasts or recorded one of our, pro- one of our podcasts on a train, on a via train, say, to Montreal. Oh, that would be fun. Yeah, and uh, let our listeners really get the experience of being on the train and feeling the sounds of the train because... Even the motions of the train, which is a monotonous sort of forward-moving motion that just keeps on sort of rolling forward and rolling forward, can be quite relaxing. And whereas I cannot drift off on a plane, I can certainly drift off on a train. I agree completely. I find uh, I very easily fall asleep on a train. I'm the type of person who will fall asleep in the passenger seat of a car. Oh. But I'm usually the driver right. on trips, and so there's something very um, nice and uh, calming and soothing for me to be able to just fall asleep. Where's the furthest you've ever traveled from point A to point B on a train? On a, Oh, on a Anywhere train. Anywhere in the world. I want to say... That's a really good question. Um, I'm not quite sure. I've been across Europe in trains. Right. I've taken the Eurostar, for example. Um, I used to live in Italy for a while, so I took a lot of trains there. Uh, I also lived in France for a bit, so that's also another train country. And then I've also taken the train in India. Oh, I see. Um, And so I'm guessing, actually, probably... In India, I've had mm-hmm. some pretty long trips on the on the train. Um, how about you? I know that we took a train from St. Petersburg to Moscow. Oh, wow. And it was an overnight train. And this was many years ago. And it was a pretty long destination. It was one of these older trains. But when I say older trains, I mean like... 1920s train because everything was kind of wooden and lacquered and um, you could just tell that everything on the train was made really well and sturdy and not out of new materials that you're used to seeing. Um, We had little berths too and uh, even the way they folded down they were you could tell that they were older. When you describe trains like that, Marco, mm-hmm. I get two images sure. in my head. One is, of course, the Hogwarts Express. Oh, of course, yes. But the other one is um, 
the Agatha Christie book, okay. The Murder on the Orient, Orient Express. Express. Sure. I always think of that when I'm imagining sort of the 1920s mm-hmm. train experience, although I highly doubt there were that many it, murders it, it, on it, No, trains. there wasn't, uh, not on that particular trip, but it wasn't as elegant, so it wasn't, um, you know, it was a Russian train and it wasn't designed for high-end travel, at least not the one that I was on at that time, but um, it was quite an experience, and I have traveled uh, far distances in Europe as well. I think I did um, Paris to, I want to say Rome or something in one stint. Oh, wow. I've never done an overnight on a train. I feel like that must be a different experience as well. It is. I mean, certainly, you know, having a a place to lie down while the vehicle or, or the transportation you're traveling in is going so quick. It's it's definitely something that's it takes a little getting used to, but once you're there, like it can really lull you into a state of relaxation and that's certainly what happens to me when I'm on trains. I think perhaps that's why I love train travel, because with that mode of transportation, I find it easiest to relax and drift off, whereas car, plane, and boat to a lesser extent, um, it's much more trickier for me. Mm-hmm. Fair enough. Yeah. I'd love to go on those trains that they have through the Rockies where the roof of the train mm-hmm. is glass yeah. so that you can have a wonderfully picturesque and natural um, escape, really, through this train experience. They say it's one of the most beautiful ways, or one of the most beautiful places to see is going through the Rockies on the train. And uh, it's certainly one of the things that I have on my bucket list would be to do that and see the Rockies by train. What else is on your bucket list, Oh, you know... Um, Nitty, that's a great question. I haven't given it too much thought, to be honest with you, but certainly I would love to, um, travel to Africa Mm. and, uh, you know, do some sort of safari expedition. I've never sort of done that. Um, how about yourself? For me, uh, travel is definitely on there, but mm-hmm. I think also just some smaller, um, not smaller, that's not true, but some more basic bucket list goals okay. would be to have, you know, either a, sh- a cottage or to have um, a home in, in a warm climate that I could go to or to be able to um, get a tattoo that's oh, on a bucket list. There you go. Um, but you've never wanted to, you know, skydive no, or I, do anything. No, no, no. Nothing, nothing with heights will work for me. Same here. So that's not on my list. Scuba diving has always been something that I've been mm. curious about. Mm-hmm. I would love to, I'd love to go into one of those tanks or one of those, um, what do you call them there? Like uh cages and uh being your great white sharks and just oh, see wow. that kind of stuff yeah but you i think you need to be able to scuba dive to do that and so right. one would perceive the other but uh 
yeah, if we're talking bucket list, that would probably be one of the things on it. Um, I also love going to restaurants, like great restaurants, oh, yeah. of, especially of great chefs or just like places that are renowned for their food. I agree. I um, Food for me is an experience when I'm traveling, if I need to have a unique food experience right. in order for it to be a successful right. trip or adventure, really. Um, I think it's part of the adventure when you travel in particular is to go to various restaurants and try the local cuisine and stuff that you wouldn't get in a restaurant in your own hometown. Absolutely. Absolutely. I agree. Marco, we're currently recording from an area that has a lot of office supplies around it. Right. Do you have a particular office supply that you can't do without? Oh, this is such a great question. I, first of all, I love office equipment. And I just recently bought a staple remover because my staple remover, I used it so much over the years that the um, teeth of the staple remover have gotten, I don't want to say dull, but they've sort of, they've sort of warped and therefore the staple remover was no longer great at remo removing the staples. It would chew up the paper. So I recently bought a staple remover to replace that one, but I think my number one office tool or, or office equipment would be the stapler itself. I love having oh. a good stapler. I don't have a good stapler. Right. It often will jam. Mm. So I'm on the lookout for a great stapler, one that can go through papers, many papers and make a nice seal what about for yourself what would be your number one office office equipment so i have a dual purpose pen where it's a pen on one side and a highlighter in the okay. cap yes i think you were using it actually mm -hmm. before and i never thought that i needed a pen with a highlighter in the cap mm -hmm. however now that i have it I need to have that as my only pen because, really? yeah, because I find particularly if I'm looking through a report or a script, sure. I'll make my notes in pen, but then I have the added bonus of being able to highlight particular sentences or words that I find I need to highlight. So for me, that wonderful pen has really changed my outlook that, on office supplies. That's pretty excellent. I mean, I love pens and I often am given pens. I recently received a seven-year pen. Have you ever heard of a seven-year no, pen? No, what's that? I hadn't either. But this Christmas, I received a seven-year pen. And what it is, is it's a pen that the ink will last seven years. So the pen should last you seven years before oh, wow. it runs out. 
That's sort of like an astronaut's pen. Kind of, kind of. It's it's a really interesting looking pen. I'll show it to you after. And we'll take a photo and we'll put it on our uh, Twitter so that you can see what it looks like. But um, one interesting thing about me is I like blue ink in my pens. I don't like black ink in my really? pens. Yes. Why is that? I, I don't know why that is. I just prefer blue ink to black ink. I think because oftentimes lines are black and so it's black on top of black and I like the I guess the delineation of the two colors on the page. Sure. How about yourself? Do you prefer black ink or blue ink? Oh that's a great question. You know I actually think I prefer black ink. Oh really? I do. I do. I find black ink there's something a little bit more elegant. Okay. Um, with it, and it's a little less jarring. I definitely don't like anything other than black or blue ink. So when I see, obviously, red ink is, right. you know, makes you feel like there's all these errors sure. on the page. But I'm not a big fan of the green ink or right. the purple ink or all these new ink fads that mm -hmm. people have. I like to keep it classic. I don't mind those colors, but I certainly wouldn't, you know, sign documents in, in anything other than blue mm -hmm. or black. But my preference is, is definitely blue, and uh, I don't like a thick, heavy pen. And oftentimes when you're gifted pens, they're the bigger, the thicker, like a Mont Blanc pen the last pen I would ever want. I don't like the way they feel in my hand. I don't like the weight of them. And I know they're, you know, very expensive pens, but I, that's not the pen for me. Well, that's good to know, Marco, because next Christmas, you won't be getting a Mont Blanc pen from me. However, I have to disagree with you with regards to the thickness of the pen. Okay. I prefer a chunkier, chunkier pen. pen. So then I need to find you a chunky pen that has a highlighter on the opposite end. You got it. Well, we hope we helped you find some relaxation on today's podcast. I just want to uh, welcome our new subscribers and uh, wish you a pleasant night. As always, we're broadcasting from Toronto and the Insomnia Project is produced by Drumcast Productions.